Nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Do you have any pet peeves at work? Things your colleagues do that just get under your skin? General corporate speak can be really exhausting. There's a tiny inkling of my soul that leaves my body and hovers above and just looks and goes, how are we here? A lot of reply alls. Then we get to emails um, that that could have been just to one person. Maybe didn't need this today. heating up seafood in the microwave because the entire office ends up smelling like like marshes it's low tide very very gross when people don't take care of the office push the chairs back in just be a good global citizen of the office yes i think they're slobs <laughs> i'm charlotte gartenberg and this is as we work from the wall street journal We are back in the office. Well, actually, some of us never left. But in general, we are trending towards more in-person work. Facebook and Instagram parent Meta told employees that it's pausing applications for remote-only positions for the first half of this year. Salesforce executives said that they want to increase the number of days that sales reps have to be in the office. In fact, according to data the Labor Department collected near the end of last year, the percentage of companies reporting little to no teleworking is approaching what it was before the pandemic. So, we are at work. In person. And you know who else is at work? Other people. That can be great for collaboration, but let's be honest. Sometimes, it can be really, really annoying. Maybe your coworker types very loud and the clack, 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 clack of those keys just drills into your head. Or they stand too close when they talk to you. Good morning, Charlotte. Did you have a nice weekend? Like, back up. Maybe your deskmate thinks that the office is the perfect place to clip their nails. Or there's that one person that eats boiled eggs and sardines for lunch. Yum. Every day. The list goes on. I spoke to workers in New York, the ones that you heard at the top of the show, and they didn't lack examples. The thing is, those coworker quirks, the little habits that get under your skin, a lot of times, people don't even know that they might be annoying other people. What utterly exasperates one person sometimes barely registers for another. But there are some things we can all agree on things that are broadly disruptive to your experience in the work environment and things that I think signal maybe a lack of respect for other people, both their space and their time and I guess their other uh, senses, their smell and things that they're seeing in the workplace. (laughs) That's Allison Gabriel. She's a professor of management and organizations at the University of Arizona's Eller College of Management. And she studies relationships, emotions and stressors at work. She says white knuckling it through our coworkers' foibles can actually have a big impact on how we feel both at and about our jobs. It all comes down to just how our brain processes the distraction, right? Because we tend to ruminate on it. So even if 
you know, and like I said, I'm guilty of this. I'm super loud. All my family growing up is from New York or Jersey. We're loud. Uh, I'm aware. People have literally told me like they've like shut their doors when I'm in the hallways. I get it. <laughs> and even though you're trying to focus and you just know like, okay, Allie's just a loud talker. She doesn't mean it. You're still going to be like, man, this is really loud. And I wish it wasn't happening because it's really disrupting my workflow. So your brain starts ruminating, kind of spiraling. You're not directly involved in them but your brain is still picking up on all of this sensory information. So it's kind of like sensory overload where you can only process so much at once and then that's going to distract you. It's going to deplete you. And we're really sensitive to that kind of goal frustration of, man, I really want to make a lot of good work goal progress and it's just not happening because people are loud and disruptive at work. <laughs> In your research, have you been able to quantify just how much those like coworker quirks, those distractions impact our productivity? We see it play out in a variety of, of ways. Like I said, the most sensitive is people telling us at the end of the workday how kind of satisfied they are with their work goal progress. So actually accomplishing the goals that they wanted to for that workday. And we know that when these uh, uncivil experiences happen, when these ambient kind of noise distraction events happen to them, they feel worse. They say, hey, I, I couldn't make as much progress as I wanted. And they're also leaving the workplace feeling pretty bad. So they're exhausted. Um, it can correlate with things like somatic complaints. Wait, somatic complaints? Like their bodies hurt? Yeah, like headaches and, and things like that. And so it's just kind of because you tense up, right? And so as a well-being researcher, it's interesting for me to think about these seemingly benign ambient experiences in the workplace can have really profound effects on how you actually go about your workday and how you feel when you go home. Uh, and then how you continue to ruminate and think about your experiences with, you know, your partner or your friends or anybody else when you leave the workplace. These things continue to spiral, right? We continue to process our workday even when we go home when things don't go the way that we want them to. Do you feel like we all have to just, I mean, to get along like, or at least try to do so? I mean, why can't I just sit in my corner and stew and just be like, ugh, Allison Gabriel is so loud. Yeah, you don't want to sit in the corner and stew because nothing productive is going to come out of that. And I like to believe that when we um, seek out social connection and we talk to other people, we can actually find more common ground than we think there often is. At the end of the day, we spend more time at work than we spend anywhere else still, you know, until we start creating a four-day work week. So these are the people that our core relationships are going to be based around. So sitting in the corner might feel good in the moment and just stewing on it might feel good in the moment, but then that is just going to continue to perpetuate a really negative experience for you if that's your tactic to try to cope with it. But I mean, do we have to be civil no matter what? I, I mean, is there is friction at work always bad? There is this sense that we always want to avoid conflict, and that's not necessarily true. There is such a thing as good conflict, but we want it to be conflict about the task and the work that we're doing. The problem is when that relationship conflict comes into place, right, where we feel highly dissimilar from people in terms of uh, our values or our personalities, right? So your example of sitting in the corner and stewing, imagine you've sat in the corner and you've stewed about how irritating this person is, and then you all walk into a meeting and you start debating an idea that you all are working on for a project or the next podcast idea, and you just snap at this person, right? And it's probably not anything to do with the idea that they suggested. It's that relationship conflict coming in and hijacking the good forms of conflict. We want people challenging the ideas we have, but if there's too much of this relationship conflict, we're never going to get there because it's just going to feel really personal. So I kind of want to know what, what some sort of solution is here based on what you found about coworker relationships. I mean, should we be striving to be a little bit less quirky at work? 
I think that'd be disingenuous to say yes, because it's just never going to happen, right? And I'm always so hesitant to be like, never do this, because it's going to happen. These are things that are just who people are. And so I think if we can start giving people more the benefit of the doubt, like I think there's ways that we can create environments where people still feel like they can be their self and everybody's kind of in on the joke and nobody feels singled out, right? Because that's really the problem here is that people could feel really picked on and really singled out. So I, I think setting norms together, but then just figuring out, okay, what can I do just to make work work better for me around some of these people will make everybody feel a little bit better. None of us is perfect. And Allison says accepting that is an important part of building productive relationships at work. And it's totally normal for your coworkers to just get on your nerves sometimes. But no grinning and bearing it. We gotta speak up and take action. But how? That's next. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. There are some obvious no-gos at the office. Things we can all more or less agree are really annoying. Remember all those things we talked about earlier? You know, the clack, clack, clack on the keyboard, the close talker, the sardine eater. Ugh. But sometimes people are just being themselves or they're being friendly. And yes, that can still be super annoying and distracting. Like that really, really, really chatty coworker. How do you deal with that? When I spoke to workers in New York City, one woman, Jenna Layton, she told me about her solution. She's an account executive at Indeed, and she said part of the problem for her comes from where she's sitting in the office. She's in prime real estate for chatty coworkers. We have an open co-working space, and my desk was positioned right at the end of the row that was leading into the kitchen and right by the bathrooms. And so it was a very high traffic area. I joked that I was in the mayoral seat and people would oftentimes want to come up and start a conversation when I'm in the middle of working on something. I'm on a call. Jenna says it was hard to get her work done. Her co-workers were just too friendly. They weren't trying to annoy her. They just wanted to chat. To the point where I had to buy a little like podcast radio on air sign to signify like when I am like in the zone or on the phone, like not the time for chit chat. Okay. If you haven't seen one of those before, it's a sign that lights up with the words on air so your colleagues know when you're recording. And they shouldn't walk into the recording booth and start a conversation with you. It's a very helpful sign, which I absolutely have never accidentally ignored and definitely won't do it again, I promise. Jenna says her on air sign makes the difference between being productive and being distracted. I have to because I have ADHD, and so if I did not offer that solution, then work would not be getting done. I also was thinking about, like, 
a little testing divider, like a little like voting privacy screen, but I figured that was a little aggressive. So the on-air sign was cheeky enough, but very effective. Okay, but we can't all put up an on-air sign. Sometimes the conversation is tougher than that. When dealing with coworkers, more often we've got to find a way to talk it out, but in a nice way. And that's where Jeremy Pollack comes in. He's a social psychologist who runs Pollock Peacebuilding Systems, a consulting firm that focuses on conflict resolution at work. I asked Jeremy, when is it on me to take a deep breath and shake it off? And when do I need to talk to my coworker about their behavior? That's a good question to start with, is to say, do I need to do a little self-analysis here? Do I need to kind of explore why is this bothering me? Is this really about me or about him? Or is this something going on for me that has nothing to do with this person? Does it remind me of something that I don't like about myself? Like, what's going on for me, you know? And then if they get to the point where like, no, it really doesn't remind me of anyone. It's not something in me that I'm uncomfortable with. It's really just kind of an annoying thing. And by the way, other people are annoyed by it too. It's it's kind of an objective thing that people are annoyed by. At that point, I think it's it's definitely worth having a conversation about. But how do you know when it's an objective thing that people are annoyed by? Like, maybe other people don't mind my cracking knuckles. Yeah, I would I would say ask, you know, so I, so if, if you get to the point where you're so bothered by this and you can't get past it, I would say it's it's a good conversation to check in with a trusted colleague or a trusted supervisor or someone not in a gossipy way because we don't want to gossip, but just to check in and just say, hey, I've got something. It's kind of bugging me. Do you notice that as well? Does it bug you? Am I being too sensitive? Like that sort of thing, mm. just checking in about that. And then if other, if he says, yeah, you know what? It bothers me too. And I've also talked to uh, Lynette and it bothers her too or something like that. And I'm like, okay, it's two or three people now that are bothered by this thing. That seems more fairly objective. I think it's worth having a conversation. All right. So I'm going to have a conversation. How do I confront my colleague about something they're doing? Maybe, you know, especially even if they're not aware that they're doing that thing. We typically use what's called the bear method for giving feedback on behavior. So behavior, effect, ask, and request. We try to separate out someone's behavior from any interpretation or meaning or effect that it has. So the first thing I say is, what is the behavior without any adjectives? What is the pure behavior? So like, for instance, if you said, you know, someone talking really loudly is starting to bother me, you know, and it's bothering other people and I, and I want to have a conversation. I'm going to talk about the behavior. So you're separating out someone's behavior from the effect that it is having. And then you open it up. So the last part in the sequence is, I want to open this up. I don't want this to be a unilateral one-way conversation. I want to ask them, do you notice that you're being loud? Or is there a reason that you're like, do you, do you feel like you need to kind of be loud to get through? Or do you notice that it's impacting others or something like that? Just open up the conversation and let them talk for a second. And then I make a request. So that's the last part. And I would say, hey, in the future, you know, it's hard for me to tell you to just not be so loud because you're telling me that that's just the natural way you speak. So here's a question for you. I don't want to offend you. I don't want to be like rude to you. So just tell me what could I do? So it's like a friendly way of just going, hey, you're, you're being a little loud. Can you take it down a notch? You know, do people tend to respond well to that? Yeah. If you include someone in the solution and you let them have agency over building, like, how would you approach me in the future where it wouldn't be offensive? That's a much better way of doing it. All right, Jeremy, I imagine giving this feedback is hard and taking this feedback is hard. I kind of want to play it out. So you've been dealing maybe with some of these coworker quirks that come up. Give us an example of a coworker quirk that's been coming up. 
lately? One that I have seen lately is um, a leader who is well-liked. She's really nice, but she tends to go off on tangents when she when you talk to her. Um, and it's like, I, I have the feeling that she does it because it's like this behavioral pattern where kind of she softens conversations by kind of redirecting them on some tangents. But yeah, she'll go off and people get very annoyed because it makes talking to her and having meetings with her very inefficient and longer than they should be. Yes. I am familiar with this as someone who has witnessed it and definitely someone who has perpetuated this. So let's try to play this out. Let's do it. Hey, I wanted to uh, talk to you about something. Do you have a sec? Uh, Yeah, yeah, sure. Sometimes I noticed like yesterday, you know, we, we had a meeting and it, went, it, it was supposed to be for 45 minutes and it ended up going for an hour and 15 minutes. Whoa. Oh, well, you know, okay. Pardon me. Oh, please. Like, for instance, I'll just give you an example. Like when we were talking about the yard maintenance yesterday... And then you kind of went into a story about how you used to do yard maintenance for your neighbor when you were a kid. And Oh, but people love that story. But the thing is, is like, so for me, you know, when we don't end on time, it, I end up being late and it's, it's difficult for me. So I'm just, I'm just curious, do you, like, do you see, do you notice that or has anybody kind of brought that to you before? Or? <sighs> You're not the first person to tell me this. Okay. I wonder what we can do because in some ways I just do it. I don't even think about that I'm doing it. Is there a way for me to be your partner in this in some way? And like the next time you do it or the next time I, I notice it that I can like signal you like a friendly little signal or something. How about like if I sat next to you in the meeting and um, I just like tap my pen in front of you or something like that. If you start to go off and just to let remind you. Yeah, yeah. Let's try that and we'll we'll see we'll see how that works and then, you know, maybe we can debrief after and just we'll see how how it works. And scene. Ta-da! How did I do? How did I do? Give me feedback. No, you did great. And it, and actually that's exactly the way that conversation went when we did it in real real life. The big thing about when you receive hard to hear feedback is what in the feedback can you own? Even if you don't agree with all of it, what hidden gems are in there that you can go, "Ah, I see that now." So the confrontation can connect us. Absolutely. Jeremy says, if you just can't take it anymore, first, take a beat. Ask yourself, why is this colleague's quirk bothering me? There could be something else driving your reaction. If you really can't get past it, you may have to talk to your coworker. But remember to make that conversation about collaboration. Ask where they're coming from and how to work on it together. It may just help you and your colleague forge a closer connection. Speaking of closer, you know what is getting closer? Summer. It really is just around the corner. And I don't know about you, but I find it very hard to focus in those hot summer months. When many of my colleagues are out on vacation and the blue skies tell me to just leave the office, grab a book, and go lie in the grass. Next time on the show, we learn how to stay productive at work and enjoy the summer sunshine. You know what we'd really enjoy? If you tell your friends to subscribe and give us a five-star review on your favorite platform. As We Work is a production of The Wall Street Journal. This episode was produced by Jess Jupiter. Jonathan Sanders is our booking producer. Scott Salloway is our supervising producer. Jessica Fenton and Michael Laval are our sound designers. Jessica Fenton composed our theme music. Editorial support was provided by Falana Patterson. I'm Charlotte Gartenberg. See you next time.